Welcome to Kingdom Perspectives. My name is Simone Turner, and it's my privilege to host you for today's podcast. Kingdom Perspectives is all about getting God's perspective on life, culture, and ministry. In a world of increasing noise and deception, we need to cut through the confusion and complexity of the times we live in and get God's perspective on our lives. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. Well, welcome, Pastor Corey, to our podcast today. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Anything new happening in your life? Uh, well, I think by the time people hear this, uh, we would have been out of lockdown, which is very Gosh, exciting. let's hope so. I'm prophesying it. Yeah, I'm taking that. Yeah. It's giving me hope today. <laughs> you haven't had a haircut yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's starting to look a little like a bird's nest and uh, I need help, but don't worry, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, wow. We're going to be looking back on this year and talking about all the trials and tribulations that we had and haircuts is going to be one of those things that people will be lamenting about. Yeah, I, I felt quite discouraged when Anna, who produces our Kingdom Perspective podcast, walked in, looked at my hair and said, that's different. Well, yeah, and you had a bird sweep you the other day thinking it I was did. a nest. Yeah, because I yeah. thought it was a nest. It didn't sweep you. We were walking together side by side, but it swooped me. So I've got resentment towards the bird uh, species <laughs> anyway, of the animal kingdom. We're digressing a bit, people. Sorry we about are. that. What, what restrictions do to you when you're in lockdown? That's it. Any moment that you get to share with people, <laughs> you overshare. Lament. But anyway, getting back to today's podcast... Really good topic we're talking about. Mm. I'm interested to hear in what you've got to say today about biblical confrontation. Oh, heavy. I might have to take some notes and learn <laughs> some things. Hope you don't share any personal stories today. <laughs> but just to start us off, can you talk to us about confrontation from a biblical perspective? Help us understand what that means. Well, I think most of us wouldn't see confrontation as a ministry, but in fact, the Bible records both Old Testament, New Testament, that it is a ministry we see in the life of King David, Nathan the prophet being called by God to go and confront David about his actions and his behavior. And so it essentially became a ministry. Wow, I've to, never looked at it like that before. I bet you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... In my own journey, God has used the ministry of confrontation as a force for positive change in my life. I hate to think where I would be without the willingness of uh, mentors and fathers in the faith, and people wives. like and wives, spouses, Dr. <laughs> Alan Meyer, Dave McCracken, different people like this who have spoken into my life and challenged me on different things, yeah. which I've needed. Hebrews 12.8 says, if you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children. And often we come to see discipline as a negative thing, mm. but discipline isn't punishment as it is about helping us to become who God's called and created us to be. Mm. And one of the most important lessons I've learned is that you can't change what you're not willing to confront. Great. Bad doesn't get better yeah. the longer you leave it. And many of us just think if we just shove it under the carpet, and we uh, turn a blind eye to it, it'll go away. But often we've, all of us have discovered that uh, often it just gets worse. Mm. 
And so unfortunately, because of that, confrontation doesn't have a great reputation. You know, no one ever says to their spouse on, on our team at Newman Church, honey, I've got great news. Pastor Corey is coming over to rebuke me. Uh, it, no. it isn't something that, you know, no people fun. just so readily are looking <laughs> forward to. Um, we, we sort of treat confrontation with the same dread as a root canal at the dentist. Wow. And I've had one of I've those. I've never had one. Well, I have. And uh, you knew <laughs> the lamenting and complaining that I came out of that. my mouth because yeah. of it. Um, and yet the Bible reveals that confrontation is an essential ministry. I think it's important that everyone understands confrontation in our lives doesn't mean that you're bad. It just means you're human. Uh, all True. of us um, come from a place of brokenness. We're all being restored, sanctified to become more like Christ. And confrontation in ministry particularly isn't an issue of if or when, yeah. but how we go about it. It will happen. At some point in our lives, it's how we uh, engage in it if we're the confronter and it's how we receive it if we're the recipient. I think more and more these days too, as we are uh, exposed to so many different perspectives and points of view, social media feeds that to us all of the time. We do find that more frequently we bump into a different opinion to ours. Yeah. And particularly for people, I think it's important who are in relationship, that we are prepared to prioritize the relationship and that we do confront because we love each other, because we care about each other. We want to understand. We want to be able to um, appreciate where the other person's coming from and have a conversation. So I love that today you're flipping perhaps people's perception of confrontation Mm. because we can feel quite negative about confrontation we can feel like all the connotations around confrontation are bad yeah why does confrontation seem so scary to people well i think one of the fundamental reasons why is because we don't like our lives to be under inspection Uh, no one loves to come under the microscope of somebody else's perspective um and the nature of sin is that it loves darkness rather than light. It likes to hide in the shadows. Mm. I think another reason is we want people to think well of us. Yeah. Every single one of us like to be liked. We like the approval of others and we tend to esteem popularity over our own transformation. Uh, whereas God's goal, highest goal for our lives isn't popularity or it isn't the approval of people. It's that we become more like him. It's transformation. We're transformed from one degree of glory to the next. I think another reason why confrontation seems so scary is that we tend to judge others by their words and actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. We often see the speck that is in somebody else's eye instead of the log that's in our own eye. And Jesus had a lot to say about this. And also I think confrontation uh, seems scary because we've seen it handled in an unbiblical way, in an unhelpful way. All of us have witnessed the collateral damage of something being confronted in a way that really hurt the person. Mm. Um, Sometimes no matter how well you speak the truth in love, Um, some people are going to get bruised emotionally. Um, But I think that there is uh, an appropriate, healthy um, way of handling confrontation from a biblical perspective that minimizes um, that bruising that hopefully helps a person to find solutions and to come out on the other side of it. 
I think your your point there about how it's handled is so key because many of us, probably all of us, would be able to tell a story, big or small, of how confrontation was negatively handled for us. Yeah. Um, we've had those experiences where it hasn't gone well or it's just been really, really hard to do uh, for negative reasons. Why does confrontation often get handled um, not so well? Why, why does that happen? I think one of the reasons is because we often confuse our own personal frustration with the bigger picture of biblical priorities. Um, Our own personal irritation with people in work, in ministry, family, can cloud the core issues required in the confrontation um, actual moment. I think also um, poor data gathering can lead to incorrect assumptions. if, if we're going to confront effectively, we actually have to accurately discern what are the real issues here. When we're irritated, when we're frustrated, the issues can compound into starting to focus on things that are beyond the actual issue. Yep. And that never helps mm. in the communication process. Um, also, uh, I've already talked about how we tend to judge uh, other people by their words and actions and ourselves by our intentions but sometimes um, we uh, also can judge the other person's motives without really knowing what those motives are and so therefore we wrongly accuse the person it's important in confrontation that you deal with the facts that are in front of you rather than speaking into the silence of people's motives I think also the inflammatory tone and condemnation that can often accompany confrontation yeah. will, will mark it and stain it. And the air is already thick with tension when we're in that confrontation moment. So the tone that we use and our attitude towards it really is important. I think it's important that we don't approach uh, confrontation from an adversarial perspective, mm-hmm. but rather from a place of love. And it's important that as believers, we remember there's only one enemy, and that's Satan. It's not the other person. Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly realm. And it seems so quickly that as humans, we're so quick to uh, appoint others as enemies just because they have a different perspective, when in fact... Often it could be the spirit behind a person's words or actions or the spirit at work in our own lives that's causing that issue with our partnership with it. Uh, also, it's important how we use scripture in confrontation. Uh-huh. Uh, often we can use scripture as a club to beat people up rather than a mirror for which to help us see our own issues and our own areas of uh, a need for change. The goal in using scripture is not to punish people and use scripture as a rod, but it's actually to bring people into a place of confession. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And so it's in that place of confession, of humility and of love that we actually find the reconciliation and healing that we need. I think it's important that we, we don't confuse our own human expectations with God's will. Um, the issue is not necessarily about agreeing with us, mm. but about obeying God's truth and obeying God's word. Yep. Um, people can disagree with us, but they can't ultimately disagree with the written word and what it yep. is that God is trying to help us see there. And I think also another thing is we often demand immediate change mm. 
rather than allowing a process of change to take place. And it's important to understand that just because we've confronted in the moment doesn't mean everything automatically changes. Change is a process. And we extend ourselves grace to be able to go on that journey of change. We also need to extend a measure of grace into other people's um, situations so that they can go on that journey of change and process of change themselves. So there sounds like there's a lot of factors that impact how we handle confrontation. And what probably would be helpful is to also say that when you feel like that's going to be something necessary that you need to confront somebody over an issue, um, that you take a moment to step back and to yeah. think about some of those factors, to think about you know how you're feeling in the moment, to be aware of some of the data that you've collected. And I think that's really helpful in helping people just take a moment yeah. and think about, think through the confrontation and the conversation that they're gonna have and why they wanna have it. So I think that would be really helpful for people today. How can we approach confrontation in a healthy way? You've given some strategies and some ideas as to why confrontation is not handled well, but could you talk to an approach to confrontation? Yeah, absolutely. And we want to bring that perspective from a biblical and, and kingdom perspective, which is what this podcast is all about. And the important thing to point out and highlight is that all of us will be called upon at some point to confront. Uh, yeah. an issue yeah. as well as receive confrontation yeah. and I think uh, for people's further study Hebrews 3 12 to 15 talks about the role of encouragement in the confrontation um, process and so what I want to do is just take that word encourage turn it into an acrostic and just take each of the letters of that word and use those letters to highlight some of the key ways that we can handle confrontation effectively. Firstly, the letter E is examine your own heart first. Um, We all struggle with indwelling sin, so confession begins with us. Before you begin to confront something, or even if you're receiving confrontation, examine your own heart. Where is this coming from? Why do you want to confront it? And look at the log that's in your own eye rather than just the speck that's in someone else's eye. The letter N um, stands for note what your role is. Um, It's not about your position of leadership or your title, but it's about helping people see themselves and see the issue as God sees it. Um, And and sometimes confrontation can take on this almost um, superiority you know, who, who is the boss, who is the employee, yeah. uh, who's the leader, who's the team member. Who's got the more power. Who's got the more power. Mm. When it's not about that, it's about helping the person see it from God's perspective. Right. The letter C in the word encourage stands for check your attitude. How we speak is as, is as important as what we speak. Um, and yeah. so you got to check the tone and the attitude that you bring. Uh, The letter O stands for own your faults. Only as we humble ourselves and acknowledge our own need are we in a position to potentially um, look at and point out some of the things that somebody else may actually have to work through. The letter U stands for use your words wisely. Uh, Words can either become the obstacle themselves Mm. or remove the obstacle. Mm. Uh, A word fitly spoken is... Uh, like a tree of life it refreshes the spirit it encourages the heart 
but a word that is spoken out of the right time and the right context can actually do more damage. Our words can become the obstacle or they can remove the obstacle. Not only that, but the letter R stands for reflect on scripture. What should inform the confrontation is understanding what the Bible says about the issue. Often what we do is we don't go to the word first, we go to our feelings first. Mm. And we think about how this makes us feel, the injustice of it. What are we going to say in order to make ourselves feel better rather than looking at, well, what the heck does the Bible even say about this issue? And getting God's perspective on that rather than just going immediately to our feelings. The letter A in the word encourage stands for always be prepared to listen. It's so important that we understand that the best confrontation approach is an interactive approach. Uh, complete with questions and answers. Ask questions, seek first to understand and then to be understood. The letter G in encourage stands for give time for a response. Again, highlighting what we've already said, change is a process and we need to be patient as God is patient with us. And the letter E in encourage comes back to, in fact, the word encourage is make sure you encourage the person with grace. Romans 2.4 reminds us it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And often when we get over the initial uh, frustration, anger and annoyance of something that's taken place that we feel demands justice, we're reminded that uh, none of us uh, deserve anything and yet God extends to us his kindness and his grace and it's that kindness and God's patience that actually leads us to a place of change and transformation. So I think it's so important we examine our confrontation style and maybe it might be helpful for people to actually critique the last time they did confront someone in light of this acrostic and, and in what ways did their confrontation align and measure with the truths that we're talking about here and in what ways uh, was it totally the opposite. And all of us um, can grow in this arena of confrontation because all of us at some point, be it in our marriages, Mm. our relationships with each other, uh, and in life and ministry and business, we'll have to confront people over various issues. How we go about that can make or break the relationship and the health of the environment that we're involved with. Yeah, so true. There will be an encounter that we'll all have at some point where we'll need to be equipped with how we're going to handle this. So that acrostic is so helpful. Examine your own heart, note what your role is, check your attitude and tone, own your faults, use your words wisely, reflect on scripture, always be prepared to listen, give time for a response and encourage the person with grace. I think they are so fantastic things for us to reflect on. And I like that you suggested, perhaps think about that last conflict that you had. Um, That might be something that you can do after this podcast, sit down and just be really honest with yourself and uh, go through that that acrostic and see perhaps where you can work on because we all have areas to work on in confrontation yeah um but it is worth it because relationship is important and uh it's the heart of god that we do 
deal with these things and we're able to work through them together. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today around confrontation. I know a lot of people really get a lot out of this kind of teaching, so it'll be appreciated by many. Can you tell us about a couple of your books that you've written? Absolutely. So we've got The Supernatural Life, which is all about the person and power of the Holy Spirit, my own journey in understanding um, partnership with the Holy Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, and also my uh, first and original book on prophetic vision, helping people discern and clarify God's calling for their lives. It's helped a whole lot of people. People have used it as a devotional tool. Both of those books can be accessed through our website, numa.church. And there is a part on our website, Corey Turner Ministries, where you can actually order those books and uh, we'll make sure we get them out to you. Yeah, awesome. Really good resources to have. I want to thank everybody for listening to Kingdom Perspectives. I'm Simone Turner, and it's been my privilege to host you today. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Kingdom Perspectives as we get God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. Remember, in all that you do, seek first the kingdom of God. 